How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and professionals who are passionate about upgrading our broken disease management system. I can't wait to share with you today one of my absolutely favorite topics to talk about. It's a topic that I've seen change lives like no other, and it's a skill that you as a health practitioner need to master. And if you're listening in and you're not a health practitioner, it's still a skill that you need to master. If you're a practitioner, you need to master it for yourself, but also to teach your patients and clients. So let's get started and talk about the importance of blood sugar management, blood sugar monitoring at home, the importance of teaching our patients and clients how to test their own blood sugar, and why. Why is that so important? Why did that completely turn my practice around when I started to do it? Well, here's the thing. There's so much misinformation out there. We know that in conventional medicine, testing blood sugar is usually a late stage thing. We test it and we wait until the blood sugar is in the diabetic range before we take somebody aside and tell them what to do about it. In a more functional approach, we want to know when the blood sugar starts to go out of balance. And usually it's 20 to 30 years or even more before a person develops diabetes. Because the truth of the matter is, many people who are currently metabolically unwell may never go on to develop diabetes, but they're still having a lot of the dangerous side effects, the dangerous complications that people get when their blood sugar gets so high that they get diabetes. Damage to the retina, damage to the kidneys, damage to the artery walls, and damage to peripheral nerves aka peripheral neuropathy. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of people who have that. So you need to understand how to explain the importance of blood sugar to your clients. You need to explain to them why it's so important for their overall health, for their energy, for their brain function, for their cardiovascular system, and for their weight. Because most people want to drop a few extra pounds. And when the blood sugar and insulin are dysregulated, we have a problem and we need to help them get it fixed. So how does the body process glucose? You all know this, you know, you eat foods, the sugars get through the lining of the digestive tract and into the system. And once there, it triggers a cascade of hormonal changes. It triggers the pancreas to say, oh, what? look at that, glucose is up. Okay, let's get insulin on board. Let's get insulin to Escort that sugar into the cells where it can be used to help the mitochondria to produce energy and out of the bloodstream where it can be damaging to a lot of tissues like the retina of the eye, like the kidneys, like the blood vessel linings and the peripheral nerves. All of these things can be affected and even the brain can be affected. Excess levels of glucose in the blood contributes to like the biggest plague that people think about is Alzheimer's. 
we do not want to lose our memories. Alzheimer's, and it's related to blood sugar imbalance, elevated blood sugar over a long period of time, dysregulation. And guess what? We can help them to control that and detect it early on before the changes occur. Let's go on and talk about uncontrolled blood glucose and how that affects people's overall health. I'll tell you a couple of stories. I had a patient who had was a little bit overweight, wanted to drop some weight, had low sex drive and a bunch of other things. And he had started to get peripheral neuropathy. He started to get the numbness and tingling in his feet. And he asked the doctor, he said, could this be related to diabetes? He said, no, you don't have diabetes. Your fasting blood sugar is in the 90s. You don't have diabetes. And he learned from me and from other functional doctors that there was other blood testing that could be done, namely hemoglobin A1C. So he went out and ordered it on his own and was shocked to find that his A1C was 10. Now, for those of you who have been in practice for a while or studying this, you know that the A1C should be somewhere around five. It was already 10. He had the peripheral neuropathies, but he didn't have diabetes because his fasting blood sugar was low enough to be considered under the radar, right? Under the radar. I personally don't think and don't teach my practitioners that I train. I don't teach anybody that a fasting glucose in the 90s is healthy, but that's kind of like the common ground that people believe and are taught in medical school. So he actually went on to uh, come and join us. We taught him how to test his blood sugar. We got his insulin tested and it was off the charts high. And his fasting blood sugar was normal, not a little higher than we wanted it to be, but his postprandials, his blood sugar after eating meals through the roof. He had these really high peaks, but because he made so much insulin, it dropped down so that by the time they measured it first thing in the morning, it was back down to normal. And he also didn't eat late at night, so that helped with bringing it down close to normal. When he got his insulin tested and his A1Cs tested, he realized his average glucose with an A1C of 10 is somewhere in the 240 to 50 range. So he was having a problem. So we taught him how to test it. We've worked with people over and over again who have problems with that extra weight around the middle that won't go away. And they try this diet and that diet, extreme starvation, and it never really goes away for long. And in those people, usually it's because insulin is so high. We have a couple of podcasts coming up after this one that are going to talk about insulin and how you can detect it being high and how you can get those early signs and how you can get it back under control. So stay tuned. So you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a health coach. You've heard about people getting their fasting blood sugar tested and you think, okay, that's what I learned. That's what I think people should be doing. So why would you teach somebody to measure their own blood glucose at home to see what it's doing after eating? Well, first of all, we can look at the blood sugar and we can see how everyday life affects it. How does stress affect it? How does lack of sleep affect it? How does exercise affect it? Usually positively, and somebody, unless somebody's over-exercising, how do the foods affect it? And then we can help and guide people to making those changes to optimize their blood sugar after they do these things. What's up with that? Well, it motivates them to actually make the changes. You may not give them much difference in your recommendation, 
but they are actually going to do it. You're also going to identify which foods are causing a problem. And we know the glycemic index just is not accurate for everybody. That that doesn't really mean a whole lot of everything. That one person might eat a banana and their blood sugar goes up to 90 and then comes back down. Another person might eat a banana or a half a banana, a little bit of a banana, and their sugar goes up to 180. I see this all the time in my practice, but also in our blood sugar programs that we teach to hundreds of clients at a time. So what's the common misconception? Why do people think, oh, I don't need to do that. My doctor tests it. Oh, here's what the thing is. And this even happens with people who are already diabetic. The doctor says, you just have to test your blood glucose first thing in the morning fasting and then two hours after your meal. And as long as it's 140 or lower after your meal, then you're okay. Well, 140 is way too high two hours after a meal. Usually the peak happens at about 45 minutes to an hour after the meal. By two hours in a healthy person, a metabolically healthy person, that glucose should be back down to baseline, back down to the fasting level. So whether it's you know 85, maybe a little higher, maybe in the 90s, maybe a little lower in the 70s, but somewhere in that ideal range. And if, if it's 140, it means there's a serious glucose dysregulation problem. I think that any, if it ever goes up to 140, even if you just ate chocolate chip cookies, it shouldn't go up to 140 if your body knows how to regulate it. Problem is, these people have mostly been eating chocolate chip cookies their whole life and the body is completely dysregulated. So what do we do and how do we teach this to people? Well, there's a number of ways that you can teach people to measure at home. One is a glucose meter, a glucometer, and it's basically finger prick and put blood on a little strip and it goes into the meter and it reads what's the blood sugar right now, right now in time. So we teach them how to do this. I have videos that I've made where I've taught people how to do this. I have done on group calls. I've sat with people and had them all take out their meter and walk them through it. I've done it on one-on-one -on -one calls, especially when people are afraid. And I walk them through and show them it's not scary. It's a tiny little prick. It doesn't hurt beyond a second or two, just a little prick in your finger. Now, what people get upset about is when they have to do it regularly, because what I teach them is we want to find out the peaks and we want to find out how the body's responding to foods, stress, exercise, sleep, etc. So what we do is we have them check regularly. And I mean, when I'm first teaching somebody how to test, I usually teach them to test before the meal and then 15 minutes after and every 15 minutes until they see that it goes up. And then it starts to come back down. And that's usually a good measure. So they may have, for every meal at the beginning at least, they may be doing, I don't know, six, seven, eight measurements, right? There's more details and more nuances to that that we teach folks in our insulin resistance practitioner training. But in general, that's all you need to know. How else can we test it? People complained, I'm doing this every day, every day, every day. And no worries. We don't have to have people do it every day for the rest of their lives, but we like to have them track so we can help customize diets to them. So what can we do about it to get better compliance since people don't want to poke their finger all day long? Well, one thing that we can do is help people to get on a glucose meter, a continuous glucose meter. So one of the things that we do is you can put it on your arm. Some of them you can put on your belly. 
And it's just constantly measuring the glucose. There are some nuances, like it's usually 15 minutes behind the finger prick. So they freak out when they test it in both places. But usually if the person has not just eaten or gone for a run or done stress management in its steady state, then it's not going to be that much different. But if they've just eaten or and it's on its way up or back down later in the cycle, so it's not going to be follow up to be exactly the same as a finger prick for at least the two hours after a meal. But when you know that, you just kind of get a sense of, oh, when you look at the trends, you go, oh, it's 15 minutes back. Oh, that came after they ate that baked potato. So it helps us to see how does diet, how does lifestyle affect the body's glucose levels? How does it affect it? How does stress and stress management techniques? We've found that you can have somebody's glucose go way up and because they're stressed and then take them through like a heart math process or some sort of visualization and it goes down. We watch it go down in real time. The other thing that affects it is sleep. So we can tell and be able to coach people on how a bad night's sleep is affecting their glucose. At the next day after a bad night's sleep, everybody's going to get some glucose dysregulation, some insulin resistance. And if they're having every night's a bad night's sleep, then they have chronically elevated glucose and insulin resistance develops very, very quickly. If they only have it occasionally, you're going to see it trend out like, oh, baby stayed, kept me up all night. Baby was teething and crying all night. So now I have this problem where everything makes my sugar go up the next day. So lifestyle affects it. And these having a meter, whether you're testing it with a glucose meter or a continuous glucose meter, it helps a lot. So how do we get over the barriers to testing, right? They don't want it to hurt. So that's where we talk to them about CGMs. We have another episode coming up where we'll talk more about CGMs. Financial, right? Whether you're testing the glucose through a finger prick, a a glucose meter, or a CGM, there's a financial investment. But let me tell you, it pales in comparison with the financial cost of having diabetes over time. So the little uh, strips, they cost money. There are some we give people in our program, we give them a a chart that compares them. We try to do it with ones that only have 25 cent or less strips. Some of them are a dollar a piece. So that could add up with the CGMs right now, because they're prescription only there's limitations. And we'll talk more about that on our next episode on CGMs. Most of the monitoring tools are available in any pharmacy, at least in the US and I know Canada and and overseas. It wasn't so available in Mexico because I was looking while I was there. And I think I might, I don't think I looked in Costa Rica, but other countries might be different, but it's so easy to get and so inexpensive. You can get a meter at Walmart or Safeway or any of these places for like $15 and the strips, the replacement strips for you know, 25 cents each. So really not that cost prohibitive when you think about what it's saving people in the long run. And for you, I think the way that you can support people is to learn everything you can about doing that. That's why we created an insulin resistance course for practitioners where we take you through step-by-step how to do the testing, how to do assessments, symptom assessments. How do you teach people how to do this? How do you get them to do all the lifestyle changes, identify and then do the lifestyle changes that they need to do? And it's a phenomenal course. So you can check the show notes page for more information about that. We have the power 
to change lives. We have the power to help people to reverse metabolic imbalance and hopefully to prevent and even reverse type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance. We just have to really tune in to what we need to teach them to do this. So I highly encourage you to visit our site at inemethod.com. You'll learn more about our programs, but also we have some free resources for you and you can check out the show notes page. We have a link to our insulin resistance class, which is a, a paid resource, but we also have a metabolic health free resource that it's a, it's a book about metabolic health and fasting and some of the other approaches. So you're welcome to download that. Just go to the resource page and check it out. So glad you're here. Happy to have you on the team of those of us who are here to reinvent healthcare. So until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.